Oh, sorry. Hi, hi everybody. Uh, my name's Mark. I'm the Associate Minister here at St. Paul's. We're about to have our Bible reading, but I'm just setting an alarm. Here's a question for you. What alarm do you have to wake up in the morning? Any suggestions in the chat? Are you a birdsong person? I am. I love that. In fact, I've just got a new alarm clock uh, that is a light that slowly comes on uh, in the morning to mimic the dawn. Do you have a loud alarm? Quiet one? Maybe you're like my friend who says he doesn't need an alarm. He just decides when to wake up and then he wakes up. Are you a snooze person? No snooze? Ten snoozes? Do you wake up to the SPS theme tune by One Hope uh, Project? <laughs> well, uh, it's nearly Advent and we're in lockdown too. I'm growing a moustache for Movember. Uh, there are so many things that we might want to wake up from. You know, blink furiously to try and adjust our focus. Is this really happening? It feels like that a lot. The early church felt like that sometimes, and the Apostle Paul wrote to them uh, about that. Uh, and we're going to have our reading now this morning from 1 Thessalonians 5, which is the first letter that Paul wrote. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light, children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. I don't know about you, but most of the time, and especially at this time of year, I find waking up hard. I'm not sure if I would say I'm categorically not a morning person, as actually I love the morning. I love the dawn, the dawn chorus, the quiet of the streets in the early hours. But I've come to realise that I like mornings when I wake up before my brain realises the tasks of the day, or remembers the regrets of yesterday, or the pain or brokenness. Then there's also those rude awakenings that are disorientating because they are out of our control. The important question from my six-year-old about Star Wars uh, at 6am in the morning, uh, which I moan about but I actually love. Or a knock at the door, or an emergency phone call, or the whirring worry in our head, or a physical illness that messes with our sleep. Waking up is not a straightforward thing for most people. 
Now, this passage from the lectionary that we're looking at today is about waking up. In one way, it's about the wake up that Jesus promises will come one day, the ultimate wake up for the world where he will return to make all things new. Jesus addresses this in, in various places, often in parables, and in fact, Young Life are looking at it at the moment, the lectionary bits from Matthew 25. These are the apocalyptic texts, the end time passages. There are loads of prickly bits about these texts, but the thing that needs careful attention, and things that need careful attention, but the thing, the overall message is pretty simple. Hold on, there will be an end to all of this. A day when everything will change. God does have a plan that will eradicate evil. A day when the lights will be fully switched on and darkness will have no place to hide. For us here in this passage from the letter to the Thessalonian church, Paul is addressing their anxiety about the promise of Jesus' return. Now, Paul wrote this in 50 AD, about 14 years after his conversion. The whole church of Jesus Christ was only 14 years old and it was stressed and it was tired and they just wanted Jesus to come back. Have you ever felt like that? Paul replies to them, I don't know when exactly. We don't know. We, we don't know, but there will be an end. There will be a day when the alarm clock of Jesus will sound and for many, it will be a shock, a rude awakening. The lights will be switched on where they've previously been asleep in the dark. But he goes on to say, for you, for us, the church, it's different. For us, we are already awake. And an alarm is a lot less of a shock when you're already awake. But Paul goes on deeper than this. In verse 5 he says, we do not belong to the darkness. For those who've already encountered Jesus, our identity has already fundamentally changed. We have discovered that our belonging is not in the dark, but is in the light. We've been woken up. We're children of light, born not by darkness or dark deeds, but of light. We discover that Jesus is the light of the world, calling everybody because they have been made in his image. And we've been woken up to live as he lives. So the first thing is this, wake up. You are supposed to be in the light. You belong to the light. And the second thing is this, get dressed. Once you've woken up, uh, the first thing you need to do is get dressed. There's a wonderful book called The Common Rule written by Justin Early, who in it gives some really good ways that we can reframe our daily patterns, including mornings. He says, my whole life, my day has begun with a profound sense of wishing something was different. He says that the human instinct as we wake is to pray, but often the problem is uh, it's praying from our perspective, not from God's. It's the please help me prayer or the I wish it wasn't time to get up prayer. Will that thing be okay prayer? Now for millions of us, our phones have become the place where we pray first in the morning, setting our alarms, turning it off, but responding then to notifications or checking the offering on the altar of social media. All of this serves only to distort, numb us, overwhelm us, or take us away from the only one who can properly wake us each day. 
Paul is fully aware of the battle of waking up. So much so that he suggests armour is the most relevant clothing for us to dress in. Put on faith and love as a breastplate, he says in verse 8. Put on the hope of salvation as a helmet. Only when we've started the day in this posture, the prayerful position of God's faith, God's love, and the hope of healing, salvation and deliverance that is in Jesus Christ, do we fully wake up. Then we find that our belonging is not in the, in the dark, but in the light. Paul unpacks this idea more in a later letter to the church of Ephesus. Put on the whole armour of God, he says, so that you might be prepared. This is a choice that we have. One that, for me, certainly, I have to make every day. It's not one that I find easy. But what I find interesting here, too, is that Paul then goes on to say in verse 9 and 10, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live together with him. Paul has just reminded us that we need to choose to get up. We need to wake up and get dressed. But then he says this. It's like he gives the rally cry, but then he kind of leans back once again into the rock of what Jesus has done, which has revealed the very character of God. It's like he then says, yeah, but don't worry. God wants to help you get dressed and get up every day. It's so important today that we realise that God consistently makes the first move towards us. I love the translation of Psalm 23 that says, his beauty and love chase after me. I'm revived every time I read Luke 15 and remember that when I repent, heaven cheers. When I get lost, God, my Father, is right there waiting for me, full of grace to embrace me. You know, some of the ancient Celtic liturgy of the British Isles calls God the one who chases away the dark. This is God's invite to us. Wake up, child. Come and be with me today. God will come to wake the world one day. There will be a day when all of this ends and a new day begins. But God is the one who, right now, kneels at your bedside as you sleep and gently, tenderly whispers that it's time to wake up. You know, I love my new alarm clock that mimics the dawn, but I love more and I'm awakened far better by Jesus. It's fitting as we approach Advent and Christmas that we get to hear Zechariah's words, the father of John the Baptist, who burst into prophecy about John, but also about the one John would be an alarm clock for. John would be the one who prepared a way for Jesus. And Jesus would be the one, Zechariah prophesies, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the dawn will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. So today, even this week, as we've heard about a possible vaccine and the hope that that brings in us, 
Hope allows us to be confident of what Jesus promises us, not just for the future, but for today. You know, faith allows us to take the first step. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, faith is the first step without knowing where the end of the staircase is. What step do you need to take today? Where do you need to hear God's tender voice waking you up in your life? May you find afresh God's voice in the morning as you wake. May you discover the clothes he has for you to put on. Confidence, confident expectation in him, faith, love. May you be refreshed as we wait in anticipation for an end to the coronavirus, an end to war, an end to violence and death. And as we hope in Jesus, let's do what Paul asks us to do at the end of this passage. Encourage one another and build each other up as his church.